Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. So, hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Another week, another podcast, another exciting person sitting in front of me, literally from across the world. Today, we're going to talk to Laura Kudari. Hi, Laura. Hi, Russell. How are you? I am. I'm well. I'm good. It's uh, morning here in New York and um, it's gray, but I'm in a good mood. Excellent. Well, I can I could I could show you out of my window at the moment where there's a combination of snow and hailstones going on. <laughs> and I have the and I have the background of the tropical beach, don't I? So that's quite incongruous what's going on outside my door. But literally, there's a complete snowstorm, snow running down there. And I think we're in April. Well, May now. We're in May, aren't we? May. There you go. Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Laura, and what it is that you do. Sure. I am a trauma-informed personal trainer, and I work with people to turn uh, movement practices into healing practices. Um, and so I am a trauma practitioner, but I do my work mostly in the gym. Okay, so let's may I unpack a few bits of that of that you've said. So tell me, tell me what you mean by a trauma practitioner. Um, I'm guessing that means working with people with trauma. Yes, that is and, exactly what it means. Perfect. And and how would and how and what sort of trauma and what is trauma? How, let's start there. Sure. So yeah, a lot of people when they hear trauma, they picture either they assume I work with people who have maybe been um, had medical trauma, you know picturing emergency room and hospital drama type things, or people do understand it to be emotional trauma and they get a little perplexed because what am I doing in the gym working with emotional trauma? Um, and there are all these different ways to talk about trauma. The way I view trauma is unprocessed nervous system energy that's sort of um, still sitting in the body after you've gone through something that was really overwhelming, um, where something was too much, too fast, and your body never got the chance to process it. So can you give me an example of what, what people might, how people would um, come to you? What, what might they be experiencing where they think to themselves, I have trauma, or they come with a set of symptoms where you sort of conclude that is a form of trauma. Trauma, Could you unpack that a bit? Sure, yeah, there are two different you know, ways people might show up. Some people show up to me and they say, I have a trauma history and I'm really trying to bring movement into my life, but I am having a hard time. Mm. Um, a lot of the time people who are maybe living with PTSD or CPTSD um, are finding that they like can't 
get back to the physical activity that they used to do or that their doctor wants them to do. Um, so that might be one group. Uh, another, um, and this is more where my work is moving, is to work with people who are currently in um, treatment for trauma. Uh, they're working with a therapist and they want to work with me to start to build skills that they can use in therapy to process trauma. So, so, so what sort of skills? Um, this is basically uh, like really being able to be in touch with your body, right? Because especially in therapy, we think of therapy, we're going to be talking about our thoughts. Yeah. But the thing is, is that actually to process our feelings and our emotions about something and our experiences, it's really helpful to be able to stay with sensations and what that brings up for us in our body while we're doing this. Yeah. Cause like, think about when you're um, telling a story about something, you know, somebody upset you at work maybe, mm -hmm. and you go home and you tell your partner about that story. As you're yeah. telling that story, you feel it in your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's really, if you can stay with that discomfort, you can really make a lot more meaning of it than if you're just talking about what's going on in your head. I mean, I'm a big fan of this idea. And I've, I've, as a psychologist, I actually often work at this sort of physiological level because I think people get it easier, don't they? And also it's very practical, isn't it? To be able to talk about the body because everybody sort of, sort of knows their body, whether they often don't know their mind. Is that, is that a mm -hmm. safe assumption? Um, I've never really thought about it that way, but I, I think actually a lot of the time people forget about their body. Yeah, Yet they, they, you know, they do know it, or they know it's there. Um, but for a lot of people, I think, especially people who, um, maybe they're, they've gone through, um, a lot of emotional upheaval or something, you know, there's a dissociation there. You dissociate from your body. Um, and it's actually really hard to get back in it sometimes. So a mm. big part of my work is making it safe to even begin to get into the body, right? Wow. So, so if you see someone for the first time, what, what sort of, I'm guessing there's some sort of exercise regime or what, what, what might happen? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, a first, uh, first session with a client, you know, is actually, there's a lot of talking. Um, and we, I do like a full intake and I really get to know why they're working with me, right? Their reasons are very, very important. Right? This is all about what the client wants, right? We're, we're helping the client become like an agent in their own, this part of their healing work, right? So why are they coming to me? And there's usually a combination of physical goals. Um, a lot of the time they're pretty functional. You know, I want to be able to ride a bike with my husband. I want to be able to carry my groceries. I want to um, be in less pain. I spent several years holding my baby and now I'm like all twisted. Um, so there's that kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's always some sort of other component about feeling more grounded, being able to be with discomfort, being able to be in the body. So we talk about those goals. We also talk about their resources, what they've got going for them. What are they going to be able to use to support them as they're going through this? Um, and we really start to identify like why we're there and what's going to help them stay there. And then I do some like basic movement eval, you know, I have them uh, show me a couple different movements so that I can also, I have a corrective exercise specialist background too. So I'm going to look at that for when I design their program. 
um, so that I can help pick the exercises. And when we come back around the next time, I'll be able to give them the exercises that they're going to be doing. Interesting. Um, yeah, I like that idea. Uh, I, I like the idea of you you having a. Um, I, I'm just thinking about this idea as a therapist myself. Thinking about the idea of having someone like you as part of the as part of the mix because it's it's such a different. It's a different way. It's a way of engaging with with pe people in a different way, but also different people as well. Uh, I find that quite fascinating. So. Um, what are the typical types of trauma that you deal with, and yeah, and uh, you know, again, how does this, how how does your approach differ from a traditional? Sure. So actually, one way it really differs is a big part of my work is you do not have to tell me your trauma story. Oh. So a lot of the time, I don't know my clients' stories. Of course, I'm there to listen, um, but that is not I. In my own work, I never, I'm pretty public, but I don't share my own trauma story. This comes out of my own experience, this yeah. work. Um, to demonstrate how you can ask for help and be of service without necessarily sharing beyond what you feel comfortable sharing. I think there's a lot of pressure for people to um, prove they need help. I think there's a lot of pressure with social media for people to feel like they have to put their story out there. And it's not always a safe feeling to share your story. Mm -hmm. So I often don't actually know, but I will say I, um, I work with people who are recovering from addiction, from eating disorder, from chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. I work with people who have mentioned they have been in abusive relationships, um, sexual assault victims, I generally work with women and uh, gender non-binary individuals. Um, that's the predominant. But uh, there's no, I don't have um, like an area of trauma that I work so, with because yeah. we're not working I, with the story. Yeah, and I guess because you're picking up the, I don't know what the right word is. I was going to say evidence, uh, the, your, the symptoms. You're picking up the thing in the body, which seems to be the issue in dealing with that. And then... And you can use that as a metaphor to to help people because I'm guessing energy gets trapped or I know myself if I've been to a, um no, I'm not a chiropractor what's the other one um the other one that lays hands on a person I know the other one um uh, osteopath osteopath got yes. there in the end and, and he'll say to me you know you can see that there you can see there's something going on are you really stressed at the moment and I'll say well you know whatever it is but the, he says you can pick it in the body. He'll, he'll say you'll notice that um, when you're more tense, you stand lopsided and things. So it's, it shows in the body so much more clearly to an, in a summer with a, an expert eye. It's fascinating. And you said um, you you st started this based on your own trauma. Is that something? I mean, how how does that inform what you do? Sure. Yeah. I um, I have a my own fitness story is kind of unusual. I think a lot of the time when you think of a personal trainer, you think of somebody who probably liked physical education, played team sports growing up, maybe played sports in college, at least recreationally. And I hated gym class. I got picked last for everything. I cut gym when I got older to go smoke cigarettes in the park. Um, I resented my college for having a phys ed requirement. But I also had um, you know, just a genetic predisposition. I had a back problem and my back went out when I was 20. And 
my doctor recommended strength training um, and well, physical therapy first and then strength training. And I did the physical therapy and then I didn't go to the gym and I walked around in pain for another seven years before I finally decided at 27, I'd rather go to the gym than be in pain. So that's where I started. And it was many years. It was about eight years of strength training where I finally learned to like it. And I loved not being in pain when I fell in love. Well, first I just fell in love with the idea and then I tried it. I fell in love with strength sports. So in my mid thirties, I took up Olympic weightlifting, which, um, this, the sport, not some people, that's the name of the sport. I was nowhere near Olympic level. (laughs) Um, some people get that confused. And, um, this was before CrossFit was really popular. So it was unusual and it was a big part of my life. Um, outside of the gym, I, um, experienced an acute trauma and subsequently developed PTSD and my relationship went from, I love this, I do this for fun, and then I do this for joy and to feel good in my body, to I do this to be a machine, I do this to be invincible. Mm-hmm. And I was training um, in, I had taken up karate as well. Um, I was doing powerlifting, weightlifting, and karate. So wow. I was training 10 times a week, <laughs> a seven-day week, um, and I wouldn't rest. And I this was all part of hypervigilance yeah. and I was getting prepared for any threat. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I got very badly hurt because I wasn't resting. And when I tried to come back after many months of PT and strength training, I felt this pressure to train the way I had been training. Like that was really celebrated in fitness that, you know, like, Oh, this woman who really hated being in her body and hated working out and look at her now. She's, you know, I was like really, I was, you know, really strong looking and, you know, really disciplined and, but it was actually a problem. And I was like, this is not the culture that I want. I want somebody who understands the role of rest And I had a really hard time finding trainers who understood that trauma impacted my ability to even show up to the gym, that what were kind of things that would overwhelm my system so that I was having flashbacks uh, in the gym and I couldn't find a trainer who got it. So I figured out how to work with it and decided over time that I wanted to bring this to other people who like me really love the gym, found it Mm -hmm. empowering to be there, but um, needed somebody who understood the impact of trauma on the physiology, on the nervous system. Um, So not just somebody who was like, I don't wanna trigger you because I mean, you know that triggers are not um, universal. We don't know what they are, but more like, how can I meet your nervous system where it's at? How can I help you become more resilient? How can, um, how can we work together to get you back to where you were in a like slow and titrated way? Yeah. Brilliant. And it's interesting <laughs> that you start from that position of not being interested to almost a state of almost pure addiction to the whole yes. concept. And, and, and it's fascinating in itself. Um, we, I do quite a lot of episodes around addiction. It's quite interesting to hear that story from you because the hypervigilance creates the addiction or does it go whichever way around it does, but it's actually 
you have to become unwell to be able to cure yourself in a way don't you have to you have to hit that dip don't you where you go through that and that's the, the resilience point i suppose so so i know you've written the book so tell me a bit about this this idea this book of yours ah uh, yes so the book it's um called lifting heavy things healing trauma one rep at a time and i wanted to write um I wanted to write a book on turning your movement practice, whatever it is. So, you know, not everybody is inclined to, to powerlifting. Um, so maybe you ride a bike or maybe you walk or maybe you garden, whatever it is. Um, but to turn your movement practice into a healing practice so it can support you the way I kind of um, try to help my clients who are looking for support while they're in their own therapy. And it... Um, it combines personal narrative, um, research, and practical tools. And it takes you through from the very beginning where I teach you how to conduct your own intake, like I talked about before, um, how to maybe grapple with some of the hurdles. A lot of people feel like they don't feel like there's space for them in fitness, like um, which is why I was so resistant to it in the beginning and you know how to work with that um, through how to actually approach your movement to turn it into a practice that's going to be more healing. And then what I'm talking about really is embodied movement practices and bringing that um, to any sort of exercise. And then also how to navigate the world while you're in this process, right? Because you're going to be changing, which means it's going to affect your relationships. I talk about not sharing your story or how to know when to share your story, um, how to engage with social media. And um, I also try to write it in a way that is really trauma sensitive in itself. Because one of the things I found was I found a lot of healing and help and um, I felt seen and heard by certain trauma books out there, which yeah. was great, but they are can be a really tough read. And I wanted something that was going to, even in the process of engaging with the book was gonna try and take care of your nervous system. Yes. Now, it's really interesting um, and, and, and it must be fascinating um, What's running through my mind, and you pro probably can notice me doing this, I I'm just looking online to see, actually, who, how do you find someone like you? Because, because actually, there don't seem to be very many of you. So I'm looking at, because I'm just thinking, that I know you're in New York, so that's, that's one thing. But I'm just looking in the UK. It, so if someone wants to, if someone has trauma and, you know, they want to use a different approach, is there a qualification or a, or a set of words that they can search to find an appropriate therapist? Because I'm guessing this needs to be something that's best done face-to-face -face rather than over a, a Zoom call. So, yes, I will say um, the... My own work has moved to Zoom okay. um, and I don't actually, but the difference is, is now I'm not working with the client as they're working yeah. with the movement, right? So I'm, we meet and I teach them how to read the program and I teach them about the movements and we come together periodically and every few weeks we review and do a new program, um, which, and a lot of people really, and I encourage people to, um, if they have the ability to meet with somebody in person, I do think that is better. Um, the pandemic really turned everything on its head. Um, and I am actually sort of uh, positioning myself to start working more with mental health practitioners directly and their organizations to help start to create more people doing this work and working directly with their clients. Yeah. Um, it is 
hard to find. That is why I did it, because I couldn't find anyone except for one woman in Canada um, when I was looking for it. And I have to tell you, when I put up my website, which has a very descriptive name, Laura Kadari, Trauma-Informed Personal Training, I immediately started getting requests from people all over the world because there wasn't. But I will say that's a good search term is trauma-informed personal training, trauma-informed strength training. There are more people. There are some, there's a really wonderful program uh, here in the United States. Um, Trauma-informed weightlifting is the name of the organization. And uh, the folks over there really know what they're doing. I, you know, if you find somebody who um, has gone through that program, I think that they will uh, be really helpful. My background is in studying also somatic experiencing. So I am combining, combining tools that other trainers might not have, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to ask around. And unfortunately, it's not really regulated. There's no sort of one way to find a person. The other thing I suggest, it's a little different, but if you're looking for somebody who's going to really help you start moving wherever you're coming from, sometimes... Um, Hayes Aligned, Health at Every Size Aligned Practitioners, which are easier to find. They understand that movement is just part of wellness and wellness is holistic. So they're at least going to have the right mindset and the curiosity and be open to the idea um, and, you know, really start to foster um, a fitness environment for you that has more to do with your total health and less to do with what we generally think about as the gym as a place to get, you know, slim. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never thought, <laughs> I've never found the, um, the idea of getting in a car to drive 20 minutes to get off and to go and get your, take your clothes off, get really cold, sit on the bike again. I mean, what's all that about? And all that Lycra stuff, what's all that about? Oh, anyway, I like the Lycra. You like the Lycra, good. Okay, well, it's sort of groovier now than it used to be. So um, let, let's just um, let's just run some of those links again. So let's just go to your website. Well, how do, how shall people get hold of you? So, sure, my website is lauracudari.com. So you spell that uh, L-A-U-R-A-K-H-O-U-D-A-R-I. I'm guessing there might be some show notes. Um, I'm also post quite a bit on Instagram. And um, that's at Laura Kadari. And um, over there, you'll be able to find, I often share my most recent articles and things like that. If you sign up for my newsletter, I also, probably twice a month, once or twice a month, I send something out and I share resources like other practitioners and other programs um, because I'm really trying to actually get more people doing this work and get the word out there. And so that's helpful for both practitioners and people who are looking for trainers and to learn more about themselves. Brilliant. And the book, remind us the name. Oh, yes. In the book, it's uh, Lifting Heavy Things, Healing Trauma, One Rep at a Time. You can buy that um, through your preferred bookseller. My website has a bunch of links to help you get started, including links for people I believe their links are there for people in the UK and in Canada um, and Australia. Brilliant. Laura, it's been absolutely fascinating. And I, I have to say, um, my own experience absolutely bears out what you're saying. You know, as a psychologist, I, I've seen the, the absolutely brilliant benefits of art therapy, movement therapy, uh, <laughs> news, you know, all these different types of therapies. And I think it's 
there are there are people in the world who get stuck with the the mental side of it who 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 love you know your world the gym world and such like and i think it's a it's a natural place to start and and so for people who also may have never thought about the idea of movement or people who have not find traditional therapies helping this is a really interesting one to to um to try hey, hey why not if you have trauma you've got to you've got to find the approach that works for you haven't you Right. That's right. Yeah. 100%. Lord, it's been a joy to spend time with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. You take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.